What a way to kick off our morning and just celebrate in the goodness of who Jesus is in our lives. But you know, it was Easter evening, not a few hours later than where we are now, and there were no songs on that first Easter of rattling bones and Jesus is my hope and my living hope. Hope was lost and fear and despair were rampant in the hearts of the disciples. Just three days earlier, they had seen their friend, their Messiah, their Savior, nailed to a cross. And so for three straight nights, they find themselves huddling together in despair and in anguish and disappointment. They are literally in this moment stuck, stuck in feelings of isolation and despair, and disappointment of the circumstances. That's the context that we find this first Easter evening. In the book of John, chapter 20, verse 19, it says this way. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Can you imagine the disciples at this moment? The the thinking had to be, listen, they've just come after our leader. They're going to be coming after us next. Everything was lost And they're stuck in a cycle of fear and despair. It's amazing. These are the heroes of our faith, right? These are the people that we name churches after and we name our children after. These are the men and women who walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus. And who were with Jesus in those last hours of his life. And yet we find them stuck with no hope. So we join the story of the disciples in John chapter 20, immobilized in fear behind locked doors. There was air in their lungs, but there was no life in their bones as we pick it up. You know, on Easter 2021, we may not be hiding behind locked doors, but my fear is, for many of us, is that we may be having these feelings of simply being stuck where we're at. Stuck in discouragement, stuck in the fear of, of what the future may hold and what it will look like, or simply just after this last year and a half, we're just stuck in a rut. We're just here. We're just existing on what is going on, and I understand that. It's understandable. Can I, but can I just remind you and remind me this Easter morning, we cannot stay there. We've got to begin living as God has called us to do. And, and I don't mean living like filling our lives back with all of the activities that we missed a year ago, right? I mean living by engaging in things that are meaningful and things that are eternal and beginning to live a life of significance once again. So today I, I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about truly living and not merely being alive, and as I jump in, can I, and this comes out of a little bit, can I confess to you, there have been moments in this last year, boy, I have felt stuck. I, I've wanted to shut the door and lock the doors like the disciples. I've wanted to grab the blankets and just pull them up over my head and take a really long nap. Anybody been there in those last times? I mean, there have been those times where those emotions have been so real and I have felt stuck in those ways. And isn't it interesting, at moments and times when we feel stuck, we are far from the best version of ourselves. (laughs) You ever had this last year? I mean, this pandemic has certainly brought that truth to light, that at times we are just not the best versions of ourselves in these different ways that we are. We're stuck. And if we're not careful, when we get stuck, we default to two things very easily. 
I found this true in my life. Let's see if you find them true in your life. Here's the first one. When we get stuck, we get stupid. You ever notice that? When we are bored and we are frustrated and we're just discouraged, we do some things and we tend to make some really stupid decisions. If you don't believe that to be true, this afternoon, log on to your Amazon account. And look what you have ordered in this last year. Amazon sells up to over 200%, and I'm guaranteeing all those things are not essentials. I made the mistake of doing this. When packages show up at my house, my wife is so gracious, but she's like, she didn't even have to see, honey, like, what, what, are you, what have you done? I've shared a couple of these with you. Remember, I shared my beautiful 1992 Dream Team basketball team figurines. Every house needs them. And I ordered two. I still have one available. If you want one, just IM me. I'll get you a Dream Team 1992 figurines. I, I ordered a hat that helps your hair grow. <laughs> I think I need a refund. That's all I'm saying. It's not going well. I'm on fire and I'm shocking, but it's not, and it doesn't help my abs either. I tried it there. Nothing's working with the batteries. Here lately, I I found a pickle that yodels to you. And you may say, why do you need a yodeling pickle? I say, why not? You know what I mean? Because when you get stuck, you get stupid. Living proof right here before you. But you know, it's not only on silly things like that. But there is this sense we do tend to purchase foolish things because we want to be in control, right? This thing will make me happy. This thing will move me out. And so it's crazy. But when we feel stuck, we also do foolish things and hurtful things with the things that we say and the things that we write and the things that we type. You ever been in this? You ever been in a bad mental state? Probably when you shouldn't respond, but you did, and you hit that send button. And the moment you touch the button, it feels so good. And the moment it hits the screen, oh, it feels so bad. You ever wish there was an undo button? I do. Like, rewind it back five minutes when I come to my senses. But at the moment, I'm stuck in a point of frustration and hurt and anger. And I just feel like somebody needs to know what I'm feeling. And I need to be validated. And so I launch onto these things that I respond in the moment. Relationships, think about this last year, the struggles that have come for moments when we feel stuck. We're bored and we're lonely. And the, the thinking is someone's better than no one or something different is really what I need to get me out of this rut. And so I just need someone to help me get unstuck. We make these relationship decisions that we look back and we regret because in the moment we felt stuck in where we are. And all of these lead to a, a pattern of feeling stuck in our in our behaviors, a pattern of being stuck, stuck in destructive thinking, and we get stuck in our own heads. You ever been there? Experienced that? That's the context of John chapter 20. It's the disciples. They're stuck in their own heads, and they're stuck in a cycle of hopelessness and despair. There certainly is air in their lungs, but there is no life in their bones, and that's where we pick it up. The second thing that I think we naturally default to very, very easily at times when we're just stuck is this. When we get stuck, we get selfish, right? When I feel disappointed and angry and out of control and hurt, that drives everything in my life to an inward focus. Those moments, you just can't see anything beyond you in those moments And this is the chance, again, in John chapter 20, the the world, the community needs the disciples. 
feels like everything's falling apart. They, they need their leadership. They, they need their encouragement. They need their hope. They need their guidance. And yet we find them focus what solely on themselves because at the moment they're feeling stuck. Self-preservation was the key. And it shouldn't surprise us. I mean, it's natural. Our human bodies work that way, right? Uh, when your body is under extreme traumatic, life-threatening experiences, what happens? The blood of your body goes to protect your two major organs. It goes to protect your brain and it goes to protect your heart. And that's at the detriment of all of the external organs, but it's self-preserving in what it does. Here's the challenge. You can't stay in that condition very long or what? You're going to do damage to your external organs that are there. I want to propose to us today that men and women, the same is true for us. During this pandemic time, there has been traumatic elements of things that have pushed us to a thought of, of self-preservation, self-protecting, and an inward focus. And my hope for us is this, we just can't stay there, right? In the same way for your physical body, it's unhealthy for you, it's unhealthy for our culture, it's unhealthy for our community. Isolation and social distancing has been extremely important but at the point it becomes safe, we've got to get unstuck from that. Does that make sense? And my fear is we've been in it so long that at the moment it becomes okay not to be. If we're not careful, we've developed a pattern and the habit of being stuck right where we are. That's the encouragement I want to challenge you with today that we can't stay there. Why? Because your neighbors need you. <laughs> your community needs you. Our country needs you and your church needs you to not get stuck during these times. And on that, let me just take, if I can, just a quick moment this morning and just talk to us, if you're church folks, all right? Let me just give you a quick thought this morning because many of us have experienced, again, church from home uh, for the very first time. We've, uh, church online, many this morning are having a chance to get to, we're so glad you've joined us this morning online. And here's one of the challenges though, right? It becomes extremely convenient and it becomes uh, very easy for us to do that. And here's just my challenge for all of us. As we move past this moment, and I'm trusting that we are as a country and things, we are moving forward, that we avoid falling into the consumer mindset that says this is all about me and my preferences. Why? If we get stuck, we begin to become very inward focused. And so my challenge is this. I just remind you, it's so great to see so many of you here today, that this is bigger than you and I. Our mission is bigger than just you and I and what we desire and what we want, that God has called us to do something greater, that you were created, that you were saved, and you were gifted for other people. I love it. First Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each of you a gift from the great variety of spiritual gifts to use them well to serve one another. That's why we love and we got a chance to celebrate what we were able to do in our community just last month. Why God has created us for something bigger than ourselves. And I think sometimes we just need to be reminded of that. That's the case for the disciples in John chapter 20. They just need to be reminded, men, you were called for something greater than just this. And I love that about Easter. Everything about Easter is outwardly focused. Jesus walked out of the tomb. Jesus could have gone from there and gone straight to heaven, but what I love is that he ministers to those people that are hurting around him. The first person that Jesus speaks to when he leaves the tomb, if you're familiar with the story, it's found a little bit earlier in John chapter 20, is, is Mary Magdalene. And I love that of all the people on earth, that Jesus chose to speak to first, that he speaks to Mary. Think about Mary, if you're not familiar with your story, if, if you've ever had these moments where you felt like, man, 
I just got too much baggage. I got too much stuff in my life that I've got, if you knew everything about me, God can't possibly love me. Some of you had one of my friends come to church the other day. He's like, Pastor, I'm just thrilled. He says, I thought the building was gonna fall down on me. He says, you don't know all my stuff. And uh, you know, you ever felt like you just got too much baggage for God to ever love you? The story of Easter reminds you that's not the case. Mary Magdalene, for her past, before she came to knowing Jesus as her savior, Mary was possessed by demons, seven spirits, the Bible says. She had a life of prostitution. And yet in this moment, first person that Jesus talks to is Mary to offer her hope and comfort and dignity. And of all the people God could have chose to be his messenger of this amazing news of the resurrection, he chooses Mary to go and tell the disciples, the tomb's empty, come see. Never forget that God loves redeeming and using broken people as his messenger. Some of you today, that's your story, right? It's all of our stories to various levels. There's a brokenness about us, and God so loves redeeming those stories and using him in mighty ways. So Mary shares the news to the disciples that the tomb is empty, and John chapter 20 tells us the disciples, they ran to the tomb to see for themselves, was the tomb really open? Was it empty? When they got there, they found that the tomb was empty, and here's something interesting, that they didn't believe that Jesus has rose from the dead, even though he said he would. What did the disciples, their response was like many of ours naturally would be, well, somebody has stolen the body. And so they returned to their homes in their unbelief. And they returned to being stuck in hopelessness and despair. But that evening of the very first Easter, a few hours from now, everything changes. There's a moment in time that something radically is transforming in the hearts of these men. So what changes in that moment? What takes these men from simply just being alive and existing to truly living? Here's the thing. The thing that changed everything is that they saw for themselves firsthand the resurrected Jesus. Look at John chapter 20, verse 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there amongst them. He says, peace be with you, he said. And he spoke. He showed them the wounds of his hands and on his side. And they were filled with joy, and they saw the Lord. In that moment, this group of men believed for the first time in a new and a fresh way. They believed that Jesus was who he says that he was, and that he did what he said that he would do. They believed that Jesus was the Son of God, the Messiah. They believed that he rose again three days later like he had prophesied and told them that he would do over and over. And in that moment... That truth resonated in their hearts in such a way it ignited a movement that we're still experiencing today. We're experiencing this together because of that movement in that moment. When they saw the resurrected Jesus, these men had a new boldness in sharing their faith like never before. They planted churches all around the world. And if you're wondering, well, did they really truly believe that Jesus really rose from the dead, can I remind you, these men, almost every one of them died a martyr's death. They were tortured and killed in some of the most horrific ways, and not one of them ever recanted the story that they had seen the risen Jesus. Listen, you don't die for a lie, and you don't die the way these men were killed if it's simply just a lie. This is so important to me. We sing about it this morning. It's so important to me to understand this because this, Everything, 
everything rises and falls on the resurrection of Jesus. If the resurrection of Jesus is a lie, we are just wasting our time here today. But if the resurrection of Jesus is true, then it calls for something out of my life and it calls for something out of your life. See, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and the things that we sing today, I believe not simply because the Bible says so, I I believe because real men and real women in human history gave their personal account that they saw the risen Savior. It's a man called Luke who was a doctor, high details. And if you read Luke's letters, always lots of details. Luke interviewed multiple people to say, did you really see the resurrected Jesus? After Luke's account and interviewing these people, Luke came to the conclusion Jesus really was the son of God, that he really did rise from the dead, and Luke followed Christ. Think about the apostle Paul. Paul reads, uh, recants his account where the Bible says in history that Jesus appeared to 500 people at one time. So Paul writes this letter saying Jesus appeared at this time to 500 people. Now think about this. While Paul wrote this letter, there were still people of that 500 who were still alive. If this was not true, they would have come back and said, Paul, whoa, Paul, I was there. We are at the rally. No Jesus. You're lying, Paul. Not true. Not a single person recanted that. Why? Because it was true that the resurrected Savior had appeared to them. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead because people in history will confirm that. To me, the most dramatic one... When I think about accounts that give evidence to the, to the truth of Jesus' resurrection is, is really the man James. James, who was the brother of Jesus. Now think about James. James didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah when they were growing up. In fact, James didn't even believe that Jesus was the Messiah when Jesus was doing his earthly ministries. And can you blame them? If your sibling said to you, I'm the son of God, do you think you'd buy this? I mean, I've tried this with my sisters. They're like, you got a Messiah complex, bro, but you ain't the Messiah. You know what I'm saying? So here's James, who doesn't believe at all until one amazing thing happens. James sees the resurrected Jesus, and it changes James' life. James goes on to be a a preacher at one of the churches there in Jerusalem, James believed that Jesus was the Messiah so much that he was stoned to death over his faith and trust that Jesus was who he says that he was and that he did what he said that he would do. See, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead because real men and women in human history given a personal account, an eyewitness of their experience with the Lord. Stories that have never been disputed as they've gone. I I believe this, that Jesus was who he says that he was, and he did what he said he would do. Because just like the Apostle Paul, I have experienced what a life-changing difference a relationship with Jesus can make in a heart and a life of a sinner like me. I mean, I believe because what I have experienced personally, that Jesus has not only given me breath in my lungs, but he's given me life in my bones, and he's given me a joy of living a life that truly matters. So my question for you today on this Easter morning is really this. Have you experienced the power of the resurrection in your life? (laughs) Are you tired of just being tired? Uh, Are you tired of, of, of just existing? I mean, this last year has probably put into really close focus for many of us. Like, what's really important in life? I thought all these things were, and they all got taken away. Now, now, what's really important? What really matters? What has significance? 
I'm going to tell you that the thing that has significance is the thing that every one of these men and women I've just shared with throughout history have experienced. What makes a difference is that relationship with Jesus Christ, the living Savior. And the Bible says this wonderful, great news to us, that we can experience that kind of relationship with God, a relationship where we can experience forgiveness. We experience the wonderful promise of eternity in heaven, but we experience the wonderful power of having a purpose in our life that God has placed upon each one of us. So my question for you today is simply this, whether you're here or whether you're online, is simply this, have you experienced that kind of relationship with Jesus? Are you ready to start living rather than simply be alive? You've tried all your stuff and you're as discouraged and frustrated and you keep trying harder and it doesn't get you any farther. Are you ready for something different? Well, today I'd love to give you an opportunity to experience what Peter and Mary and even James and what myself and many others have experienced and that's a relationship with Jesus. So today, can I just ask in this moment, if you would, just where you are, can you just bow your heads with me this morning? just in the quietness of this moment. And today, if you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm going to, in just a moment, I'm going to share a prayer. It's not a magical prayer. It's not the words that save you. It's just the attitude of your heart, just saying, God, I'm stuck. God, I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. Lord, I need your forgiveness. Lord, I need the hope that comes from you and I need a new beginning. And so let me just pray. And if that's you, just in the quietness of your own heart, just whatever, use your own words, but just say this back to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I just feel stuck. God, and I realize that my sin has separated me from you. But God, I thank you that today I realize you love me. And that you love me enough to send your son, Jesus, who died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins. But three days later, he rose to show that he had power not only over death, but power over the sin of my life. And so, Lord, today, I'm placing my faith and my trust in you alone the forgiveness of my sins and for the free gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name. And just as your heads are bowed in this moment, listen, if you prayed that prayer today for the very first time, would you do me a favor? I'd love just to remember and even pray for you this week. Would you be willing just to put your hand up if you're here in person and just put it back down just that we could, thank you, amen. Anyone else here today? Awesome. If you're watching online today and you made that decision, just in the chat part, put there, I pray. It's an exciting thing. You can look right up here. Listen, no greater decision can you make on Easter morning than that. Amen. We, we celebrate that with you. I love it. I love it. Can I encourage you if you made a decision? Just a couple things that you could do to help. One is just share that with somebody. This is the greatest news. Somebody brought you, invited you. Say, hey man, today I, I prayed that prayer with Pastor. They'd love to do that. But another thing that would help, if you would just, uh, you'll see on the screen here, if you would just text the word Jesus, 
What we'd like to do is send you some information, material to help you grow in your faith, kind of long, come alongside. So if you're here in person or those of you that are online, just text Jesus there. And the great part is if you're here online this morning, when you leave this morning, as you head right out these doors, we've got just a little box at a table. Just feel free to grab one of those. It's got some materials to help you say, like, what's the next step? I've got questions about faith. How do I grow in my faith? Where do I go from here? That was just a free gift from you. We would love to be able to celebrate that with you. But so excited. At Easter 2021, you'll be able to look back and say, that's the day I got unstuck and life changed in a new way. You know, as we close out, I, I wanna take just a moment to talk to those of you who have done that in your life. You've placed your faith in Christ, your follower of Jesus as the church. Here's what I wanna encourage you with. I hope you've, you've been hearing this in my heart, how I've been feeling the last couple of weeks. Listen, our, our mission, our God-given calling is so critical. It's never been more critical in our country and in our community than now. And I just want to say to us, let's just not get stuck. Your neighbors, your community, your church needs you to stay on mission. And I love the last part in John chapter 20 as Jesus, just before he ascends, commissions the disciples. He says, listen, men, this is it. You believe. Let me tell you what you need to do. And I want to say to you, 2,000 years later, Verses I'm going to read to you are the same commissioning for you and I as they were for the men and women on that night. John chapter 20, verse 21, and he said to them, peace be with you as the Father has sent me. Here he says, so I am sending you. Active, proactive. There's a meaning, there's a purpose that you have. Go down to verse 29. Then Jesus told them, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. That's us. You ever get that? God's blessed this is hard, he says. You, you haven't even seen me, and yet you still believe. Why? Because the God has moved in your heart in such a powerful way. He says, blessed are those speaking to us. The disciples saw Jesus do many miracles and signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Why do we talk about these things? Why do we share? Why do we speak the truth out of God's word? God says, man, I write these things so those of us who haven't seen will believe. I write these things to affirm, to give you confidence in your faith that what you believe in is true. And, and that, here's what he says, and that by believing in him, that you will have life by the power of his name. Story of Easter is that you can have life. Story of Easter is the challenge, the commission is, so because you can have life, men and women, you gotta start living. That God came to give you more than just air in your lungs. He came to give you life in your bones. And so here's the question as we close today is where do you need to start living in the power of your faith? Where have you found yourself stuck that the truth of Easter says, my child, you need to get unstuck in this area. Where have you slowed down and become passive and introspective and just, God says, listen, there's a bigger calling. There's a bigger purpose. I commission you to have life and to start living. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much. A, God, that you just love us in all of our imperfections and all of our shortcomings and all of our failures. God, there's so many times we feel just like Mary and yet that's who you choose to use. So God, thank you for that. Lord, we just confessed today in 2021, there are moments and times we have felt like the disciples and we just wanna shut the door and just go in a bubble and just, 
eat some ice cream. But God, you remind us today that there is a calling and there is a mission and there is a purpose that is greater than ourselves. So Lord, may we unlock the door and may we step out in boldness, in faith, in confidence. Because you are the God that turns graveyards into gardens. You are the God who restores what was once dead and brings us to life. And so, Lord, for those of us that know you and claim you as our Savior, God, may we live that way today in the joy, in the excitement, and in the mission that the resurrection brings to our lives. And we'll give you the glory for it. In your name we pray. Amen.